John chapter 13. John chapter 13 is where we're headed. Go there with me, would you please, in your copy of God's Word. And I want to read together. I want you to follow along as I read verses 1 through 11. And John chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, I do not wash if I do not wash you. You have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, The one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him, That was why he said, not all of you are clean. We began noting last week the ministry of of Jesus to the disciples in the first five verses of chapter 13. Today we we continue in verse 6 and we see this exchange that Jesus had with Peter. It's an interesting exchange, isn't it? It's, It's an exchange that confronts believers, I believe, where we often find ourselves in need of growth. I'll tell you what what that area is in just a moment. There's a challenge given here specifically to Peter, but it was really instructive to all his disciples. Jesus intended to teach all of them, and he intends by the inspiration of, of this word before us this morning to teach us as well. All his followers today need to hear this. And there's also a challenge here that's given to unbelievers because as we see in verse 11, they still had an unbeliever in their midst, and the challenge given is still the challenge to unbelievers today. We need to hear these challenges. So what, what's so important that Jesus made a point of instructing his disciples with such little time with them before his death? It wouldn't be much longer now, and Jesus would be crucified. Why is this, this time with his disciples so important? Well, the first challenge that we're going to see is the result of Peter's objection in verse 6. Jesus is instructing his disciples. He's instructing his followers today by this example, and 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 Jesus gives three challenges that I see here, and I want you to see them with me. The first challenge, the result of Peter's objection there in verse 6. Look at it in verse 6 when Jesus prepares to wash Peter's feet. It says in verse 6, He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Now, it's as if Peter was saying, it's it's like Peter saying, no, 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 stop, stop, you can't do that. Don't. What are you doing? No, you can't wash my feet. 
Now, at first glance, it looks like it looks like humility on Peter's part, doesn't it? And I believe it is humility in some measure. But but think with think think about this with me, would you? Is there true humility in any objection to the will of Jesus? God the Son wants to wash your feet. You tell him no? (laughs) No, true humility would have shown itself by obedience. So it looks like humility on the surface, and I think the intent is good, but Peter needs to learn, as one commentator says, until a man renounced the liberty of judging as to the works of God, whatever exertions he may make to honor God, still pride will always lurk under the garb of humility. And here pride lurks under the garb of humility in Peter, and it lurks in our lives as well at times. And we need to we need to be challenged by Jesus' words here to Peter. Peter's pride needed to be challenged and corrected, and so does ours. So Jesus challenges his pride. In verse 7, Jesus answered him, What I am doing, you do not understand. How gracious Jesus is to explain. And yet he doesn't fully explain, and he expects Peter to to comply. He says, you do not understand what I'm doing now. But verse 7 says, Jesus says, but afterward you will understand. After my death, you will understand. Peter's objection to Christ washing his feet may look like humility. But true humility toward Christ is is this. It's simple obedience. True humility to, to the commands of God is simple obedience. Peter objected to Christ's action of washing his feet, but he didn't understand yet what Jesus was teaching he and the other disciples. You know, that's our trouble too. We object to what God is doing by wanting more clarity. Can you clarify, Lord? I don't quite understand yet. Could you make it more clear for me in this situation? I'll obey, but I just want to understand. Do we need to understand before we obey? When we should be obeying and serving, instead we want more information. Please explain why you're doing this, Lord. I want to honor you, but... And there we go awry, right? Instead of simple obedience, we object, thinking we know better. But what Jesus teaches and what Jesus models and God expects of His followers is simple obedience. Simple faith. And simple faith is faith that believes and trusts and obeys God even when it doesn't have all the answers. You see, sometimes we're not going to get all the answers this side of heaven, are we? Ever feel like you don't learn as quickly as you should? You ever feel like that? You ever feel like you don't learn as quickly as you should? We're in good company. Peter still didn't get it. Even after being corrected by the Lord, he challenges Jesus again. Look at verse 8. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Even after Jesus said, look, you don't understand what I'm doing, but you're going to understand later. 
Peter still says, oh no, you'll never wash my feet. Now we might have been able to cut Peter a little bit of slack at first, but even after being corrected by Jesus, he still resists, doesn't he? Peter may have been objecting for the right reasons in his mind, thinking, well, this is my Lord, this is my Master. How could I possibly allow Him to cleanse my feet? He should never be the one washing my filthy feet. But resisting the Lord's will is never right, is it? You realize that? Resisting the Lord's will is never the correct action. Had he fully grasped with reverence toward Christ how he needed to yield and obey without question, he would have complied. But Peter, like us, he's still dealing with this natural, stubborn, sinful self, sinful flesh. Sound familiar? Ever dig in your heels when you realize God's taking you somewhere you don't want to go? Look at the second half of verse 8. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. That's, that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. Now Jesus has switched from speaking of foot washing to speaking of cleansing of the soul. You realize that? He's not talking about foot washing any longer. If you do not, if I do not wash you, if I do not cleanse your soul, if you don't turn to me in faith, you have no share with me. Now it may seem like a lowly thing to have Jesus wash your feet. You may think that Jesus has to stoop to wash your feet, but think about how low Jesus had to stoop to be crucified for your sins to pay the penalty for your sin with his life that's stooping low so peter if you'd if you, if you would not have jesus wash your feet then you you must not want his once for all miraculous cleansing of your sins peter you think your feet are dirty have you taken a look at your heart lately ouch yes Now Jesus finally has Peter's attention. Does he have yours? Does he have yours? Verse 9, look at verse 9. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, eager to comply now, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Now a shocked Peter realizes what's at stake if, if he resists the work of Christ. To have no share with Christ would mean he'd not belong to Christ. There'd be no salvation from sin. Now on second thought, Peter thinks that a hand in head washing would be good too. Cleanse all of me, Lord, says Peter. But now Jesus challenges Peter that what he needs isn't the washing away of Sins at salvation, Peter has believed in Christ already and Jesus is about to pay for his sins on the cross. So a believer, as a believer in Christ, he doesn't need the once for all washing for his sins again. But what he does need is daily cleansing. He needs the daily cleansing of life. Think of it. 
the imagery here is such that Jesus has washed the repentant sinner, cleansed the repentant sinner of his sins and cleansed him a once-for-all action for which Jesus in the, in the text here is about to go to Calvary to, to pay for those sins. But He washes the feet. What is it about you that gets dirty every day, especially if you're going shoeless or wearing sandals? You definitely need a foot washing, right? Well, as followers of Christ, we don't need the once-for-all regeneration. We don't need the once-for-all washing for our sins that Jesus gave us at Calvary, right? When we repent of sin and turn to Him. But we do need to daily be cleansed, don't we? And Peter needed that lesson, and we need that lesson. So now Jesus speaks of foot washing in a figurative sense. In verse 10, look at it. Jesus said to him, The one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not every one of you. So the idea here is that all who trust in Christ are wholly cleansed and saved. You don't need that again. But in another sense, at salvation, there begins this ongoing work, this work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. At salvation, God begins a work of continually cleansing the believer. And how gracious He is to, to inject into our lives this continual and constant cleansing of the follower of Christ as the follower of Christ yields to God's Word and Spirit. You see, the Spirit takes the Word and works a work of making the believer more and more like Christ. And it doesn't happen overnight. It has to happen on a daily basis with the Word of truth by the power of the Spirit. So as Peter and the disciples learned that day the believer who is wholly saved from sin's penalty is washed clean, but there's an ongoing work which God intends to do in the life of every believer. And that ongoing work is the work of making the believer more like Christ. More like Christ. The believer, you see, has been made new in Christ but the believer still needs his feet washed daily. You still need your feet washed, so to speak. You need your, your life cleansed daily by the power of the Word and the working of the Spirit in you, shaping you in the image of Jesus Christ. The believer still needs the ongoing work of the Word to grow, to cleanse his life, to change his heart, to grow him or her in the likeness of Christ. why we cripple ourselves when we don't get into God's Word. It's why we shortchange ourselves when we don't believe God's Word and take steps of obedience. What are you doing today to take steps of obedience along with the truth of God's Word as it instructs your heart and your life and cleanses you? So Jesus challenges, first of all, the believer's pride Boy, he sure challenged Peter's pride, didn't he? He challenges our pride. We must simply obey. It does us no good to ask for clarification when, when God doesn't intend to clarify beyond what He's given us in His Word. It does us no good to say, please explain before I obey. I'm going to obey, but please help me understand. What we need to do is simply obey. Secondly, Jesus challenges the believer with a need for daily cleansing of life to be, to be more like Christ. And then third, there's this third challenge here. It's one, ver one verse 10 touches on. 
when Jesus says, you are clean, but not every one of you. And then in verse 11, look at it in verse 11, for he knew who was to betray him. That's why he said, not all of you are clean. Listen, Jesus challenges unbelievers also. Unbelievers need to be challenged how? With what? They need to be challenged with their need for forgiveness of sins. They need to be challenged with a need for salvation and saving from sins. Not all are clean, says Jesus. It's, it's a humbling call. It's kind of a warning to those who are Jesus' disciples. It's a humbling call to examine yourself, to test yourself by the Word of God. Have you been cleansed by Christ? Have you repented of sin and turned to Jesus Christ for salvation, believing only in Him and not in your own works for forgiveness of sins and salvation? Have you been cleansed by Christ? If so, praise God. (laughs) Praise God. And then yield yourself to do God's will. Yield yourself to being conformed to His Word. Don't reject God's Word and accept His forgiveness of sins. He paid the penalty for your sins so that His Word could do its work in your heart, in your life, in your soul. Cleanse you daily. So if you're God's child, praise Him and yield yourself to do God's will. Yield yourself to being conformed to His Word. Yield yourself to serve Him daily. But if you've not yet felt conviction for your sin, listen, if if you've never repented of your sin, God's Word today is calling to you to repent. Turn to Jesus Christ in faith and be saved today. Don't reject Him any longer. Listen, Jesus didn't use His name here, but Judas no doubt knew He was being confronted with another opportunity. You have to believe. Judas knew Jesus was talking about him here. Not all of you are clean. But instead of yielding to Christ, what did Judas do? He he hardened his heart. He refused to repent and believe. He continued on the course of scheming and betrayal. Boy, don't be like Judas. Don't resist God's call on you today to repent of your sin and believe in Jesus for complete cleansing today. Why Peter and the other disciples needed to know that even though they were Christ's by faith, they still needed to live faithful, obedient lives daily. They still needed the the daily cleansing of God's Word worked by His Holy Spirit in the life of a believer as God worked in them by His Word and Spirit, daily cleansing as they walked with Christ in obedience, they they needed that reminder. You need this foot washing. It was a demonstration of what they need daily by the work of the Word and Spirit, and, and we need the same. Each of us must learn the true faith is submission to God, simply trusting, simply obeying, even when we don't understand. Even as Christ prayed to the Father, as He neared His crucifixion, we're getting closer now in the text, to the time of Christ's death, even as Christ prayed to the Father, remember, as He prayed to the Father, 
not my will, not my will, but your will be done. What a powerful example Jesus is. How convicting when we say, well, not my will, but please explain before your will be done. Jesus was obedient, even to the point of death. We're going to be reminded of that wonderful act of obedience as we share in the Lord's Supper now and how privileged we are to have this reminder. And we should be grateful and thankful for Christ's sacrifice for our sins. Amen? And our gratitude should energize our obedience. Yes? How grateful we ought to be and how that gratitude to God for His grace at Calvary through His Son, Jesus Christ, ought to, ought to fuel and energize our obedience as we, as we allow God's Word to shape our lives and we, and we walk with Christ in obedience, as we, as we walk with Him, with His, Him as our example this morning as we come to the Lord's Supper.